Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Oxford Assembly of God podcast. If you have any questions, be sure to visit our website at oxfordag.org. And now, let's get into the message. We've been talking about the attributes of God. The attributes of God. So today, we continue with that. We're talking about our eternal God. Our eternal God. We need to remind ourselves often that heaven and hell are real. I said heaven and hell are real. We need to remind ourselves that eternity is a long time. I remember a few years ago, actually a number of years ago, when Robbie was in high school, we went to, uh, to do a decathlon, and each one of the guys had to run a mile. And one of the guys that run it, he came to me and said, Coach, it's not the mile. It's the mile. Well, I will tell you, it's not eternity. It's eternity. A long, long time. It's hard for us to comprehend that truth. You know, because we think 100 years is a long time. Some of you live 100 years, that's a long time. But our, our minds have difficulty comprehending it. We sing the song when we've been there. 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God praise than when we first begun. One of my favorite illustrations of eternity is if you had a little sparrow, little bitty bird, that would pick up a grain of sand on the east coast of America, fly all the way across America and drop it at San Diego Beach, and he fly back and get another grain of sand and fly back with that grain of sand when the Pacific Ocean was filled, eternity would have just begun. That's a long time. That's a long time. It's hard for us to understand that. That's the reason that Paul gave a prayer. Paul had a number of prayer requests and most of the time it was not for healing. Now, shall we pray for healing? Yes. His prayer was not for riches. Is it okay to pray for riches? Yeah, I guess so. But what was his prayer? His prayer was that we would have an understanding. That we would have a comprehension. That we begin to grasp a little bit. Now, the reason I say grasp a little bit, because heaven and the things that are eternal are beyond our limited capabilities. If our mind could comprehend it, if we could explain it, I know a lot of people say, well, pastor, I can't explain it, so I don't understand it. If you could understand it, you'd be God. And I've looked around. None of you fit the bill. No, we're not. We're human. We're human. But let's read what he says in Ephesians chapter 3, where Paul says, for this reason I pray. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit and their inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, 
to know the love of Christ, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, some translations said he can do everything more than you can imagine. Those of you that's got the biggest imagination in the room, guess what? You cannot imagine anything that God cannot do. Our God is bigger than that. According to the power at work within us, that's the Holy Spirit, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Did you catch that word? He says that we would be able to comprehend. Now, what does that mean? That means to perceive. That means to understand. That means to apprehend or to grab hold of. To get a hold of this truth. Now we need to understand something. There's a lot of things that we cannot uh, totally understand. But the better our understanding, the more we know, the more that we can grasp that, all of a sudden we realize it's not how big our faith is, it's how big our God is. That He is bigger than all of your problems, He's bigger than all your fears, bigger than all your anxieties. So as we think about it today, I want you to know something, that we serve a God that is eternal. We serve a God that is almighty. We serve a God that is all-powerful. I remember a story um, during the Vietnam War, and I know some of you are older than I am. Some of you served. I was not privileged to serve or did not get to serve. Um, I'd fought my physical. Won't go into that story today, but uh, I, I wanted to go. Now, not to go fight. I wanted to just be able to not be drafted, okay? Some of you understand that. But there was a lot of people were in the military that did not want to be. And one person went into the military and as soon as he got there, he began to have issues. Matter of fact, they took him to a lot of counseling and went through a lot of things trying to find out what his issue was. And his major problems, he kept going around the base. And every time he'd see something on the ground, he'd pick it up and look at it and say, that ain't it. Pick up cigarette butts. That ain't it. Pick up a piece of paper. That ain't it. So they finally gave him his discharge. He said, that's it. <laughs> he was able to comprehend. He understood exactly what he was doing. My uh, desire today is that I, I'm not going to ask you to comprehend all of it. Because I'd like to agree with Paul that we would get to know a little bit about how great our God is. That we would apprehend it. That we can know a little bit about the breadth, the depth, the length, the height of the love and the power and the anointing of God. And part of that is because he is an eternal God. Paul closes the, the writings to the church at, at Rome. Closing with these words in Rome, Romans chapter 16 verse 25. Now to him who is able to strengthen you. According to my gospel and preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings have been made to all nations according to the command of the eternal God. To bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ, amen. We'll talk about amen a little bit later. But this says the eternal God. 
Now, the Greek word for God is theos. The Hebrew word for God is actually two words. Jehovah, excuse me, Elohim is the first one, which emphasizes his power and his preeminence. And Jehovah, which emphasizes the unoriginated, the immutable, eternal, self-sustained existence. So Jehovah, God. Jehovah, Elohim. They words that mean, and Jehovah talks about the fact that he is self-sustained, that he is self-existence. He always has been, always will be. Now, I know that's hard for us to understand, but let's go to John chapter 1. Look at it just for a moment. John chapter 1, in the beginning. Now, when was the beginning? It's before we've ever thought about. It's the beginning of recorded time. Not literally the beginning because God always has been, always will be. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Drop down to verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now, what's he talking about? Talking about Jesus Christ. We celebrated at, at Christmas when Jesus Christ came to this earth as a baby. That was Christ incarnate. That means that he always was before he was born as a baby. He was always was. He's eternal. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, that's us Christians, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of the blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Notice that, full of grace and truth. John Boyer witnessed about him and cried out, This was he of whom he said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. That's interesting who said that. He was quoting John the Baptist. Jesus said that of John the Baptist, he said, there's no greater man in the kingdom than John the Baptist. The greater man, now he was not elevating John to God level. He was just saying that there's no one greater than John. But John said, yes, there is. He said, there's no one in the kingdom. He said, John said, this is he who Bible said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Now, if we know the little bit about the Christmas story, we remember when Jesus was born, before he was born, Mary went to Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, and she was pregnant with John the Baptist. So John the Baptist was born on this earth a few months before Jesus was. So John understood this. He said, he comes after me, ranks before me because he was before me. How could he say that? Because he understood that he was eternal. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Thank God for the law. But I tell you what, I love what came through Jesus Christ. Grace 
and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Where is Jesus today? He's at the Father's side. He is the one that makes God known. So he is an eternal God. Abraham, when he was setting up an altar at Beersheba, have just one verse, Genesis chapter 21, verse 33. Notice what it says. Verse 21, verse 33. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba. This was, he built an altar there. And he also planted a tree in Beersheba and called on the name of the Lord. What? The everlasting God. The everlasting God. The eternal God. We serve an eternal God. A couple of generations later, when Jacob had found out Joseph was in, in, in Egypt, and Jacob found out about it, he was on his way to Egypt. And what did he do? He went by Beersheba. He went by this place that Abraham, his great-grandfather, had built an altar to all worship God and named it the everlasting God. And he went through Beersheba. And this is what it says. So Israel, that's Jacob, took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of the father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. Then he said, I am God the God of your father, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation. How many thinks that Jacob might have been a little bit fearful? Going down into a foreign land, surrendering his family. They didn't have the, they were going down there. Yes, his son, Joseph, was in authority, but they were, were sure they were fearful. He said, I myself will go down with you to Egypt. Oh, man, we could camp right there for a while. That was God speaking to Jacob. Egypt is representative of the evil land. Some of you feel like you're there. Some of you feel like you're going through the pits. Some of you feel like you're going through literal hell. But I believe that God has got a promise for us today. The eternal God. That he's telling you, regardless of where you go and what you're going through, I myself will go down with you to Egypt. And I will also bring you up again. And Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. We don't have time to go there. But when Jacob died a number of years later, guess who was there to close his eyes in death? His son, Joseph. He says, Joseph's hand will close your eye. Why? How could this happen? Because we serve a God that knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're up against. And he is a God of an everlasting love. A God of authority. A God of power. In the book of Revelation, we find the phrase, Alpha and Omega. He is the Alpha and the Omega. That word is literally the first and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. So he's the beginning and the ending. He was before and he always will be. He is the first and the last. He is the eternal God. I'd like to read just one verse out of the book of Revelation. Chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the amen. 
You might not realize it, but God called himself the amen. The amen. And I want you to know something that has nothing to do with gender. Amen. The word amen, it says, the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation, the one that was in eternal God, Jesus Christ, he's the amen. You say, what in the world, how does that apply to us today? What does amen mean? The literal translation of amen is so be it. When God says amen, it was used to confirm a statement. It was used to confirm an oath. It was used to confirm a truth. And so when God says amen to something, he says it will be what it will be. And the Supreme Court, an executive order, anything that happens in our government or in our society will not override the word of God. Our word of God is supreme. Amen. He says the amen says it. And there, I, I, I could chase that rabbit a long time and you, we'd all get tired. I'm tired already just thinking about it. Chasing that rabbit of what people are saying the authorities is. Our God is the authority. He is the amen. He's the one that says, so be it. Now, right before Isaiah prophesies, prophesies about the new heavens and the new earth. That's in the latter part of chapter, or chapter 65. But right before this, he gives us this verse. Isaiah 65, verse 16. So that he who blesses himself in the land shall bless himself by the God of truth. Now, the literal translation there is the God of the Amen. The God of the Amen. The God of truth. And he who takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth or the God of of the amen because the former troubles are forgotten and are hidden from my eyes the former troubles are forgotten and are hidden from my eyes and I know somebody say okay great pastor we serve a, a, an eternal God but how is that going to help us today in all the situations and the circumstances that I'm going through how's that going to help me because I'm going to tell you the eternal God the amen says we got this I says, the amen says we got this. Look at a promise that God gave Moses right before Moses died. These are the words of Moses that God gave him in the next, the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. He says, there's none like God or Jeshurun. Now that word Jeshurun was a name for Israel. That was a surname of Israel. It says, there's none like God, O Jeshurun, O Israel, who rides through the heavens to your help. Did you catch that? See, we can, we can substitute the name here, and I think we're well in, in line with theology. We're well in line with hermeneutics. We're not putting anything to the scripture because you and I have been adopted into the family of God. We have become his people, right? You are a chosen generation. That's New Testament. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's the church. That's the body of Christ. And so there's none like God, oh church, who rides through the heavens to your help. Aren't you glad he rides through the heavens to your help? Through the skies in his majesty. 
The eternal God is your dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. When the Charlie sang in the first service this morning that, that old hymn where it says, He hideth my soul. I thought, man, you couldn't pick a better song to go with this message because God hides our soul in the cleft of the rock. And regardless of what you're going through, the amen says, we got this. The amen says, you say, Pastor, what if we die? Well, what if we die? We're going to go be with Jesus. Amen. Well, right if the rapture takes place, those of you left behind can have all my bills. I don't care. But he says, the eternal God is your dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. I believe that there are those that are listening to this message live. Some that are watching on internet and some that are watching it later. They feel like they're defeated. Feel like that nobody's hearing. That's the reason I asked you to go back and listen to that about prayer. Because while we're praying, God's working. While we're praying, you say, well, I don't see it. It's okay. We walk by faith, not by sight. And the eternal God is your dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms and he thrust out the enemy before you and said, So Israel, live in safety. Jacob lived alone in a land of grain and wine whose heavens dropped down dew. Happy are you, O Israel. Notice, at least in my Bible, that's got an exclamation point. It's not a question. It's an exclamation and again, I think we're well in line with hermeneutics when we say, happy are you, O church. And I can tell you, the joy of the Lord is missing from a lot of people's lives today. I said, the joy of the Lord is missing from a lot of people's lives, and we need to understand the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because we're fearful. And people say, well, pastor, don't you understand this? The, all these situations, all these executive orders, all these things that are going on, all this Stuff that's not of God, yes, I see it. And we need to pray against it. We need to stand firm against it. But the reality is this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And we're winners because I'm going to leave here victorious. I'm going to leave here victorious. Whether it be the way of the grave, whether it be however, God promises me. And he says, happy are you, O Israel. Another word for happy in the Bible is blessed. It says blessed is a word for happy. Blessed are you. One of the things I'm going to mention tonight is how blessed Oxford Assembly of God has been. I know that there's a lot of churches that God has blessed tremendously, and I thank God for every one of them. But I thank God for his blessings upon us. Happy are you, O church. Who is like you? A people saved by the Lord. There's a lot of people that don't have the hope that you have. Because they don't hope in the eternal God. Many put their trust in the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the Independent Party. 
And I think it's evident we can't trust any of them. But even if they were the best politicians, they're not eternal. Our God is eternal. He says, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your triumph. My heart grieves with every one of you when we see some of the directions that our nation has taken. And I know and I feel it grieves God. But this is a promise to his church. Your enemies shall come fawning to you and you shall tread upon their backs. We serve an eternal God, an everlasting God. And I'll go back up a couple of verses while the worship team is coming back where it says the eternal God is your dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Aren't you glad we have the everlasting arms of God? I'm going to ask you to stand and let's sing that old hymn. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on his everlasting arms. And I realize, I hope nobody thinks I'm belittling your problems because I know some of you may be overwhelmed. I pray for for Pete Hoblitz and his family. Pray for the other families. I will have done three memorial services in nine days. All three of them died of cancer. But I know that our God is able. So I know that people are hurting. Some of you, your businesses are hurting. I don't want to make light of that. But I can tell you we're winners. How can I say that? Because the eternal God the great I am, the amen, so be it. And if God has declared, all the powers in hell cannot prevail against it. Thank you for listening to the OAG podcast. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God Church, be sure to subscribe to our podcast or visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G dot org.